alien chemical equation on the board, I was sweating profusely when suddenly Alice, the mm -hmm. smartest nerd in the class, threw a piece of paper <laughs> at me. Copy it, Queenie. Thinking that she was helping me, I gleefully wrote down her answer, but strangely, the whole class burst into laughter. Alice sneered at me. Dumbass. Be quiet, class. Queenie F minus, go back to your seat. When I was passing Alice, I angrily grunted, You're ugly inside out. She immediately tripped me and made me fall face first. Due to that, we got into a fight right in the classroom. Hi, I'm Queenie, 16 years old. I'm a famous girl with over 600,000 Instagram followers. Most of the boys in my school were obsessed with me. My family was also one of the wealthiest in Orlando. You could say that I had it all, but there was only one thing that I lacked of. Ryan. <laughs> because of my poor academic skills, my dad threatened that if I didn't improve, he would send me to my grandma's stables in the suburbs of Texas, where the Wi-Fi was weak and I would have to clean up horse poop all the time. Ew. <gasps> I would never let that happen. I quickly started focusing on my weakest subject, chemistry. I spent a lot of money to hire Fariel, <laughs> the smartest guy in the chemistry club, to tutor me at my house. But even if Fariel offered to teach me for free with my two-digit IQ score, it would still be impossible. Stop, I can't take it anymore. Come on, Queenie, tough it out. Why do I have to study so many things? I'm not going to compete in the Olympics like you. Suddenly, Fariel exclaimed, he had thought of a way that would help me pass. Every student whose names were on the chemistry Olympiad list would be accepted from the school's chemistry class, which meant one thing. You must join our club. <laughs> the nerdy club was led by Alice. No way! So you'd choose to clean the stables, right? Ugh, I really needed to pass chemistry, and I also hated cleaning the stables. So the next day, I determinedly walked into his club room. My presence shocked every member, especially Alice. I came here to apply for the club. She burst out <laughs> laughing immediately and threw me a pen. Take this. Hmm? For what? to draw more wrinkles on your brain. Even though I was pissed off, to raise my chance of getting in the club, I boldly told her that the other members would definitely welcome me even if she wouldn't. She snickered and confidently let them vote. Little did she know, 80% of the club members were male and two-thirds of them followed me on Instagram. So, am I eligible to join the club now? I walked past Alice, nudged her shoulder, and stuck out my tongue teasingly. However, Caitlin, the captain of the cheerleading club, suddenly appeared at the door. With Queenie, this club is going down. Her words made my relationship with Alice even more strained. I became a thorn in her eyes and she always looked for a reason to kick me out of the club. Once, I was assigned to bring my teacher the white rats from the school's lab. When I entered the lab and picked up the box, suddenly the lid of the box came loose. <gasps> The rats quickly ran out and bumped into the chemical bottles, causing them to shatter all over the ground. Hot ya. Unexpectedly, <laughs> Alice was filming the whole thing. Be ready to say bye-bye to my club. It must have been her trap. I quickly got into a fight with her when suddenly, Caitlin appeared with Mrs. Clear, hmm. the school superintendent. You see, Alice and Queenie have ruined this lab. Miss Claire furiously decided to punish us by suspending all the activities <gasps> of the chemistry club and made us stay behind <laughs> to clean up the lab. With that, she left. Alice shouted at Caitlin, It was you who showed me how to kick Queenie out of the club. Why did you turn your back on me? All I wanted is that club room of yours. 
Now that you guys are suspended, move out soon, Kay. The cheer team has been wanting a space for entertainment. She slammed the door and laughed provocatively. What a witch. When we were cleaning the lab, Alice just sat in a corner and cried loudly. Honestly, she deserved it. I was the innocent one here. Why did they drag me into this mess? Hey, get up and start cleaning. If I can't participate in the Olympics, I'll lose my scholarship. No. I just remembered that if I couldn't join her club, I would have to study like a normie. Then if I failed my chemistry class one more time, I would have to clean the stables. Damn it. It's not over. We'll take the club back. Really? How? It was easy. We had to make the school realize that the cheerleaders were the real troublemakers here. To do that, we gotta be a team and stop standing in each other's way, got it? Deal. Our opportunity soon came when the cheer team held a performance at the school Christmas festival. That day, many of the school's important partners arrived. Caitlin took the stage and began dancing while our club gathered backstage and was ready to take <laughs> our revenge. I took out a remote control and clicked the button. Suddenly, from Caitlin's pocket, a face mouse jumped out. The cheerleaders and she all ran away screaming in panic. Caitlin was so scared that she kicked the mouse at the principal's <gasps> guest, causing him to faint. The festival was chaotic and the principal was beyond furious. Stop this madness. All the cheer team go back inside. We were giggling as Caitlin ran inside and shouted, You will pay for this! After the cheerleaders were punished and got their entertainment room confiscated, that room was rightfully returned to us. Our club chemistry was also officially restored, and we were eligible to participate in the Olympics again. Hmm. The members studied day and night hmm. for that competition, and of course, a hopeless idiot like me could only cheer for them. When the Olympics finally arrived, everyone was present, but no one could find Alice anywhere. We tried calling her to no avail. Suddenly, Caitlin appeared. Give it up, losers. Turns out that evil witch and her minions had blocked Alice's way and locked her inside a toilet. Now you don't have a captain to participate anymore. I'll be the captain. Haha, <laughs> an idiot like you wants to be the captain of the Olympic team? Don't make me laugh. Without letting her finish her sentence, Fariel pushed her aside and boldly walked <laughs> with me and the team on stage. We must win this, and no one shall stand in our way. My teammates did an excellent job on their parts, and all the teams were at a tie. The captain's part would be the deciding one. Since I was replacing Alice, I was forced to compete in her place. On the table, they put a lot of test hmm? tubes containing gases and announced the question. Within three seconds, find the tube that contains the chemical gas that will explode when it comes in contact with oxygen. Everyone hmm. held their breath waiting for my answer. Thank God I suddenly remembered that damn equation that gave me a F minus. I quickly grabbed the tube containing hydrogen and pressed the timer a few seconds ahead of my opponent. Immediately, the referee announced that our team had won. We all cheered in union. Ariel and I hugged each other in bliss, then he suddenly kissed my cheek. Although late, Alice still arrived to see the final result. I ran to her and gave the trophy to Alice because we were such a great team. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, 
Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... You think it's fun to have a double? It might be, but not in my case. Hi, my name's Mary, and I ran into a terrible problem when my sister stole my identity. It all started on Thanksgiving. Our small family has a strange tradition of celebrating this on the second Monday of October, which is the Canadian way, even though none of us have Canadian roots. The stores are not packed with people, and turkey's cheaper, was my mother's explanation. In general, it was a pretty boring holiday. At dinner, we take turns talking about what we are thankful for this year. It's no big deal. It was another Thanksgiving, with no disasters in sight. We all gathered around the table and began to give our Thanksgiving speeches. Mom was grateful that everyone was alive and well. Dad mentioned the family's well-being and stability at work. When it was my sister Audrey's turn, she looked at me angrily at first, and then said, I'm very grateful that Mary stole my boyfriend from me, unscrupulously took my place in the play, and made a laughing stock of me when she poured lemonade all over me in the school cafeteria. And also, thanks for my burrito poisoning. We stared at her, with our mouths wide open. That's not true! I finally came to my senses. I didn't steal your boyfriend! It's just that Marcus likes me and not you! And I got the lead because I was more convincing! That's fair! The lemonade and burrito thing were an accident and I had nothing to do with it. You knew I liked Marcus. Just when I shared it with you, you started going after him. No, it's not like that. You think you're better than me, but you're an idiot. You're an idiot. I got offended. That's it. Mom was a bit late with her intervention. That's enough. What have you turned Thanksgiving into? It's fake Thanksgiving anyways, exclaimed Audrey. Go to your room, said Dad. No turkey for you. We left the table and locked ourselves in our rooms, as if we were in a castle. I started texting Marcus. Audrey went crazy and ruined fake Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. He replied, Did you at least try the turkey? No, we're left without food. That's really awful. I was boiling with anger, so I texted Marcus. Can you believe it? She claimed I stole you from her, but I didn't even like her. I know. Only Audrey thinks otherwise. Don't worry, it'll be okay. My boyfriend replied. Audrey and I didn't talk for a week. She wouldn't even look in my direction. My parents tried everything they could to reconcile us. Going shopping with us, bought us pizza, but nothing worked. Audrey shut everyone out and isolated herself. Whatever, I thought. She'll cool down, but I was wrong. Not only had she not cooled down, but she'd figured out a way to get back at me. It would have been fine if she'd, let's say, spread a rumor that I had lice. I could live with that, but Audrey came up with an elaborate revenge, even though she wasn't usually very creative. I could see she was up to something. She was fidgeting a lot, looking at me strangely, like a spider about to catch a fly. I gave up and decided to wait it out. Besides, I didn't have time to think about it. I was supposed to play the lead role in the Halloween play, The Witch. At the end, 
a bunch of angry townspeople were supposed to burn me, and I would put a curse on them before I died. It was my first major role. Before that, I played citizen number two or three. This was a big responsibility. Another rehearsal was scheduled for Wednesday. At the appointed time, everyone was standing on the stage in their costumes. Miss Patridge, our drama teacher, was going to give us the go-ahead. Suddenly, I saw Audrey in the crowd of townspeople wearing the same costume I was wearing. Why are you wearing that? I asked as I came closer. Haven't you heard? I'll be your double. What? Yeah, in case anything happens to you. <laughs> if anything happens to me, you know, if you get hit by a car or if a flower pot falls on your head. I knew then that Audrey was up to something, something bad. Audrey was shadowing me at every rehearsal, repeating every one of my lines. Beware, you worthless people! One day, you'll pay for capturing Ruth Prendergast, I exclaimed, and there was an echo over my shoulder. Beware, you worthless people! One day you'll pay for capturing Ruth Prendergast. Afterwards, my sister would burst out laughing with such anger that it gave me goosebumps. I felt uncomfortable having her around all the time, but that was the strangest thing that awaited me. After a while, I noticed Audrey had a new haircut, and it was exactly the same as mine. What happened to your hair? I asked her. Decided to change it up a little, but I thought you don't like it this length. People change, Mary. You should know that by now. I was less and less pleased with what was going on. Audrey wasn't herself. Not only had she copied my hairstyle, she started wearing my makeup. She dressed like me, and I thought she even spoke like me. At first, I thought she was mocking me, but then I realized that she was serious. The rehearsals were ridiculous. It was hard to know who the real witch was and who was the double. Even Miss Patridge got us mixed up sometimes. So this is your plan? I snapped at my sister at home. To be like me? No way. I'm just following your example, Miss Perfect. So, what's next? Take my place? Do you think no one will notice? She just smiled wryly and went back to her room. My parents thought it was weird too. It's like I have twin daughters now. <laughs> mom laughed at the family dinner. Oh no, mom. I'm the same old Audrey. My sister answered, smiling innocently. Marcus was the only one who understood me. It's getting really creepy. It's like she wants to steal your identity. Am I in a Stephen King novel about two sisters and their blood feud? Not funny, I muttered. What am I supposed to do? Try to ignore it. But how? Everyone's already starting to mix this up. Soon, Miss Patrick will put Audrey in the lead role without even realizing it. I don't think it'll come to that, Marcus reassured me. Besides, I would never confuse you with anyone else. And then I caught a cold, and I was in bed with a fever for a week. Can you imagine what happened in my absence? Audrey practically became me. She was playing two roles at the same time. The Wicked Witch and Mary. That is, me. I'll admit she was good at both. Many people didn't even notice my absence. I had to do something. I tried to talk to her, offered her whatever she wanted from my closet. I apologized, but apparently, not very sincerely. Nothing helped. She was more stubborn and opinionated than ever. What do you want? I asked her directly. Nothing. I just want to be as gorgeous as you are. But the strangest 
and most unpleasant thing was yet to come. One day, when I came home from school, I found Audrey and Ron, my ex-boyfriend at home. They were rehearsing a scene from a play. Ron? What are you doing here? I asked in surprise. Roland and I are rehearsing, Audrey said defiantly, and then we're getting something to eat afterwards. I grabbed her by the elbow and pulled her aside. Don't you think this is a little much? What do you mean? Do you think it's all about you? Maybe we were made for each other. But you're only doing it to piss me off. Yeah, right. <laughs> Audrey snorted and returned to Ron. They continued to rehearse. It wasn't long before I was confused as to who was Audrey and who was me. It was like I was in a nightmare. That wouldn't end. Since that infamous Thanksgiving, Audrey had stolen everything from me. My looks, my habits, my ex-boyfriend. Sometimes I thought she even knew what I was thinking. However, the grand finale of this long-lasting revenge still gives me shivers. The final dress rehearsal didn't go so well. I mixed up a couple of lines, so I was very nervous before the performance itself. I suddenly began to realize that I have to play in front of a crowd of angry and bored teenagers. If I embarrass myself, it'll be remembered forever. Before I left the house, I spent quite a while staring at my reflection in the mirror. I hope I won't throw up. Marcus was supposed to meet me at school. When I pulled myself together and tried to open the door, I realized that it was locked. I heard Audrey laughing maliciously behind the door. Let me out, Audrey! I screamed at the top of my lungs. Unfortunately, my parents were at work and no one could hear me. The only way out was through the window. But I was afraid of heights, and I was five meters from the ground. For another ten minutes, I tried to find other options, but there were none. Of course, I could not kick the door open. I opened the window, and shaking with fear, got out and climbed down the chestnut tree outside the house. Now, I had to get to school quickly. I ran as fast as I could. My legs were shaky, but I made it to school. I stormed into the hall and jumped in Audrey as she was getting up on stage. There was a fight between us. Instead of breaking us up, everyone was filming us on their phones. Marcus was the only one who pulled us apart. The performance was successfully disrupted. We were both stripped of our roles and replaced by Dorothy, who couldn't say two words. And she looked like a real witch. She didn't even need makeup. The principal called our parents to school, and we were grounded at home afterwards. Until you make up and learn to talk to each other, you will stay grounded. Mom delivered her stern verdict. Marcus and Ron were forbidden to come to our house, so we only saw each other at school. They even took away our phones. It didn't help at first. We were both stuck in our rooms and never left them. Family dinners went on without us. The play took place without us. It wasn't me or Audrey in the spotlight, but nasty Dorothy, who managed to remember all the lines. My sister and I would have preferred to see her embarrass herself, but in the end, it was us who humiliated ourselves. Staying at home all the time was awful, especially the night before Halloween. Meredith's party was coming up, and we were still grounded. I was dying to dress up as Marilyn Monroe, wrapped in toilet paper, and spend the night with Marcus. Audrey had her own plans with Ron. In the end, we called a truce. I know I went a little overboard. Audrey tried to apologize, but I just didn't know what to do. You see, you were getting the best of everything, and I was always in the shadows. But you weren't. 
A lot of people like the real Audrey, not a copy of me. I guess you're right. I was so confused by the end. She shrugged. Now we just have to figure out how to get out of the house. Yes, we have to get to the party. But how? I had no idea. However, Audrey had a plan. We waited for our parents to say goodnight, put pillows under our blankets, and snuck out the window. Audrey helped me get down. Walking on the street alone at night was creepy. But suddenly, a car showed up with Marcus behind the wheel. We told him about our truce and headed off to the party. Why aren't you wearing costumes? Marcus asked. There was no time. I answered. We're still grounded. We had to act fast. Okay, I have an idea. Marcus drove us to the costume store, where his brother worked, which of course was already closed. But Marcus had a key. We were able to pick up the costumes we liked, and both settled on the witch look. We had an awesome time at Meredith's. We danced our heart outs, listened to scary stories. And then, we witnessed Bob from the 10th grade stuff himself with nachos and throwing up. When we got back, our parents were waiting for us on the doorstep. Well, 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 look who's sneaking around. Mom was standing in the middle of the room in her nightgown. And where were you? At a party, we admitted frankly. And how did you get out? Through the window, Audrey helped me get down. We thought we were going to be punished again. But all of a sudden, Mom smiled. I see you finally made up and are acting like real sisters. So, the house arrest is cancelled for you. We were overjoyed! This story brought Audrey and I closer to each other, and we never had another fight like that again. Tell me, have you ever had a fight with your brother or sister? What did you have to go through? Leave your comments and like this video. You can find more interesting stories on our channel. I stepped back in fear, thinking I was dead. With my back against the wall, I squeezed my eyes shut and couldn't hold back a scream. Now this huge hot dog was going to kill me for sure. Why did we even come out of the bunker? Hi, my name's Stacy, and I lived in a bunker with my family for 17 years. And it honestly wasn't the best idea to come out of there. But... Back to me and the killer hot dog which was reaching out to me. He must have had a gun in there. I screamed even louder. And I think the hot dog himself was scared by my scream. Come on, it's just a flyer for a coffee shop. You don't have to react like that. No, I mean, I know I've pissed off everyone in this neighborhood. But your reaction, miss, is very hurtful, you know. What? You can talk? I asked with a dumbfounded expression touching a soft hot dog. It's strange. It's made of some kind of material. Pleasant to the touch. Isn't it real? Of course I can. I'm actually a human being too, and you should respect my work. An offended hot dog threw some colorful flyers at my feet and walked away to my loud laughter. I can calm down when I imagined what the whole situation looked like from the outside. And I didn't know people here dressed up in food costumes to promote the food itself. Well, that's not a bad move. I took the flyer and went to the cafe to get my free hot dog. And while I ate the tastiest food in the world, sitting at a table, I thought about my parents, who are probably looking all over town for me. We came out of the bunker not long ago. Honestly, I thought I'd spend my whole life in it, because mom and dad were terrified of the outside world. They always told me it wasn't safe here, and I believed them, even though it made me sad. We had a lot of books in the bunker, and I read them every day, and they were so interesting and exciting. I wanted to see more and more of the outside world every day, 
But then, something clicked in their heads, and they realized that they couldn't keep me in isolation forever. So when I turned 17, we went out on the surface, and I was blown away by how big and noisy the world really was. Honestly, I was expecting to see vast oceans and pirates. And by the way, I did see them, except they weren't sailing in a huge ship. They were entertaining children near some tall building. I ran up to them with a happy smile, and I told them I wanted to be a pirate too, to look for treasure. The pirate even got confused, and I took away his sword and began to scare the children, thinking that they probably want to take the chest of gold. But the children were not frightened. They laughed and shouted for joy, and one of them even took my sword and bent it. It's not real? I wondered. Of course it isn't real. The pirate grumbled. So you're not a real pirate? I was about to burst into tears. Girl, are you out of the woods? Pirate don't exist since a long time ago. Now go away and don't interfere with children's party. Not only had I been insulted, but I was disappointed in pirates. But that wasn't the worst part. I lost my head so much in joy when I saw the pirates that I ran away from my parents and got lost. At first, panic overwhelmed me and I couldn't breathe. The high-rises were floating in front of my eyes and my head was spinning. But when I calmed down, I realized this was a great chance to explore the real world. I was sure my parents had limited me in many ways. And then an epic encounter with the hot dog happened, which scared the crap out of me because I didn't know that food had learned to walk. But as it turned out, it was just a man who made me try a hot dog for the first time in my life. To be honest, I was getting pretty tired of canned food. When I walked out of the cafe, insanely happy, I almost got hit by a car on the road. Look where you're going! The driver shouted at me. You watch where you're going! Can't you see that the light is red? Girls aren't allowed to cross the road on red. The driver, upon hearing this, wagged his finger at my temple, and I showed him my tongue and crossed the road still, even though other cars were honking their horns. Oh, what strange rules they have! Who decided to discriminate against women and forbid them to cross the road at a red light? But as soon as I stepped back from that rudeness, someone grabbed my arm. Jin, how many times do we have to look for you? We're in the middle of a photo shoot. There was a disgruntled woman standing in front of me I've never seen before in my life. But I didn't. Let's go, otherwise Alex will be furious. What's the matter with you anyway? You're dressed like you just got out of the bunker. But I am. That's a good one, Jean. But now is not the time for it. I spent the whole trip trying to explain to the stranger that she'd mistaken me with someone else. But the woman was either on the phone with someone else or she wasn't paying attention to me. We arrived at some studio. The photographer looked at me unhappily and said I looked terrible. Is everyone here so rude? I got indignant and crossed my arms. You act like it's your first day on the job, girl. Alex snorted. Run and get changed. I don't want to see that trash on you again. They took me to a room with a big mirror, and I got makeup and cool fancy clothes, which were more like shapeless rags. How are my clothes any worse? They're even better. What kind of fashion is this? During the photo shoot, Alex kept yelling at me because my posing was awful and I didn't know how else to stand. I wanted to cry and go back to the bunker because my loving parents were waiting for me there, not angry photographers. You're crying too? You're crazy. We're gonna have to do your makeup all over again. 
I'm not Jin. Leave me alone. Have you been out till morning again? You feel very bad if you don't get enough sleep. That's enough. I'm leaving. They tried to stop me. Fortunately, the real Jin appeared in the studio at that time. She stared at me in utter shock. Alex and that woman were also surprised. They'd mistaken their motto with me. However, there was no apology from them. They just threw me out, calling me a fraud. How rude people are after all. After that incident, I sat down on the pavement and I cried. I was so scared. I was lost and didn't know how to find my parents. I wanted to go back to the bunker. And even though it was cramped and gloomy, it was a normal environment for me and my family. I walked down the street as far as I could see until I met a policeman. Seeing my condition, he asked me what had happened. I told him the details of my situation. He didn't believe me about the bunker, but he promised to find my parents. They took me to the police station, where I spent full 24 hours. But it was worth it, because the next night, my parents came to pick me up. Stacy, honey, we're so glad we found you. We were so worried. Me too. I hugged mom and dad, and I cried tears of joy. The policeman asked me sternly if it was true that we were living in a bunker. I just wanted to say that it was true. My father interrupted and said, That a bunker is what we call our little provincial town. Later, my parents explained to me that we shouldn't tell outsiders where we lived. Are we going back to the bunker? No, my daughter, my mother said, and she stroked my head. We'll live here now. I was very upset because I didn't like this world at all. In the books, it was different, but in reality, it was noisy and dusty and terribly cruel. Turns out, my parents had an apartment all along. We started living there. At first, it was very hard for me to fall asleep in a soft bed, going out to the store every day and standing in huge lines. But most of all, for some reason, it was the loud music that scared me. I wanted to hide from it as quickly as possible. Also, it seemed very strange to me that people would ask me how I was doing, but when I started to tell them my life story, they didn't listen to me at all. How silly. They asked, didn't they? However, I really liked the internet. But when I started using it, I ran into some scammers. They stole all the money from my dad's account that I'd been saving in there for 20 years. Can you believe it? I was so ashamed. I even tried to lie about having nothing to do with it. You think the money disappeared on its own? Dad frowned. Of course. The internet is so unpredictable and confusing. But in the end, Dad cracked me up and only scolded me for lying to him. That's how we ended up with no money. I was insanely ashamed of what I'd done, and I wanted to give my father back all his savings. But how? I don't know how to do anything. I didn't even go to school. They probably wouldn't hire me without it. However, good luck turned to me. One day, I met the very same Jin in a store. The girl recognized me and apologized for the way I'd been treated so rudely. And then, she made me a lucrative offer. Since we looked so much alike, we could do a couple's photo shoot. That would be awesome. The PR people would come up with a story about missing twins who meet up years later. But that's a lie. I objected. Yeah, but why do we care? They'll pay a lot. That's all that matters. Do you agree? Of course I said yes. After all, our family needed the money. But I really didn't like modeling. Everyone yelled at me. 
They were always pulling my hair, and I had to pose for hours at a time. Oh, it was exhausting. Jin, on the other hand, was happy with everything. She once told me that we were making a lot of money now, and she was giving half of it to me. But then I found out by chance that she wasn't giving me half of what she earned, but only a third. Even she lied to me, although I trusted her, told her about the problems in the family. But Jin was devoid of empathy, and she cared more about making money than about my trouble. After that, I quit my job, even though I needed the money. Our family would get by somehow, but I wasn't going to put up with the lie, because I knew that if you've been cheated once, then they would cheat you the second and third time. My parents, learning about this situation, supported me, and then made an appointment to see a psychologist, because every day in the big city, I was getting worse and worse. Thanks to therapy, I stopped being afraid of music, big buildings, and the strange people that were all around me. And I finally started using the subway, and I even felt comfortable there. The subway was underground. It reminded me remotely of my home bunker. Later, when our family had money, my parents hired me a homeschooling teacher, so I wouldn't look too stupid at 17. That's how drastically my life changed when I came out of the bunker. I'm used to it now, and I remember my past adventures with laughter. How would you feel in the big city after living in isolation? Write your answers in the comments, click the bell so you don't miss new stories, and like this video! Hi everyone, my name is Sue, and animals like me very much because I understand their language. In fact, this is not an innate gift. Soon you will know where I learned it. When I was about seven, I realized that I could understand animals and vice versa. My parents and I were visiting friends of our family. They lived in a huge farmhouse. Of course, I could not resist the rabbits, horses, and the baby chicks, so I hung out with them almost all day. Once, I realized that a watchdog named Wind had been having a headache for a pretty long time already, and he asked me to take him to the vet. How could I understand that? I have no idea. Telepathically, I guess? I could have taken it for a childish fantasy and simply ignored the dog's complaints, but I decided to tell the adults about the dog's problem. My parents gave me a very strange look and felt awkward. It didn't seem funny for their friends, though. They started asking me for how long he'd been suffering from pain and why he hadn't told them about it before. And how was this dog supposed to tell them about it? But that was not the point. It turned out that about a month ago, the owners noticed something strange in Wynn's behavior. This kind and even-tempered dog turned into an aggressive badass. Moreover, he behaved like that not only with the other animals, but also with the owners who attributed everything to the poor fellow's age. That night, they took Wynn to the vet, who delivered the verdict. The dog was healthy. He was very surprised when the owner insisted on examining the dog's head. As a result, Wynn was diagnosed with a very serious and unpleasant disease, but it was successfully cured. He keeps guarding the farm and is very thankful for my help. By the way, the horses on that farm asked to tell the owner that they did not like the new feed, and they asked for the old one back. I was a complete stranger to them, and I had no idea what they were being fed with, and I never wanted to know that. However, I was right even about that.
The new feed appeared in the stable less than a week ago, and the horses could barely eat it. After that, I decided to contact the animals more often in order to find out if I could understand them for real, and what such communication could really bring. But my decision was not that important because cats, dogs, and even birds came to me on their own will and shared their problems and thoughts. One day, a cat named Martin came up to me on the street. He went out for a walk, and he told me to change my route because there was something scary going on in front of the bank. He told me there were a lot of police, some women were shouting, and children were crying. I didn't want to ruin my plans because of the cat. I was in a huge hurry for my friend's birthday party, so I just kept walking. Martin trailed behind me, grumbling that women were very stubborn and that our logic was twisted. He asked me to change my mind and go back, and I asked him to back off and do his own thing. When I finally got to the bank, I heard shots and saw that the street was surrounded by police. I actually heard women and children crying. I whipped around, grabbed Martin, and ran away. We sat in the nearest alley, and I decided to ask him how we communicated. Could he explain it to me? He said that this was his first time, too. Normally, people could not understand him at all. Martin and I became friends after that. When he went for a walk, he dropped in and called on me. We could wander about the streets and talk about life for hours. We often met other cats who were very surprised that I could understand the cat language. By the way, cats have their own mindset and they are all very different, just like people. They can be open and kind, but they can also be feisty and aggressive. I don't know how, but soon the journalists found out about me and decided to interview me. They asked if I knew where I got this ability from and when I found out about it. I replied that I did not know, but most likely it was just my feature. I couldn't wait for my interview to come. I wanted to see myself on TV and record the broadcast to remember it. I also told all my friends and acquaintances on which channel and what time the program would be, so I was not the only one who couldn't wait for it. And there it was, the long-awaited broadcast, which immediately surprised me with its name. The topic of the show was Experience Stress Revealed Her Incredible Ability. Hmm, that's strange. What stress were they talking about? I didn't remember telling them anything like that. In fact, I never complained about my life, because I thought that I was very lucky with my parents. I thought maybe there was going to be an additional story in the show. When the show started, I was shocked right away because there was a photo of a little girl in a doghouse in the opening. Have they really decided to make me a laughingstock by comparing me to a dog? I thought and started to worry about how that would make me look to my friends. However, the reality was much worse. At the very beginning of the show, the TV host started to tell a story about little Sue who had experienced great stress. She was three when tragedy struck, her father was killed in a shootout, and her mother took her little daughter to a village where they started to live in a small private house. Nobody knew what happened to her mother when she disappeared, but one day Sue was found in a doghouse together with a stray dog and her puppies. The girl turned into Mowgli, and she was likely to have spent a pretty long time with the animals. She used to eat with them from the bowl that the stray dog brought and used to sleep together with them on the ground. 
When people found her, she was scared. She did not speak at all, and she was very dirty. However, she got along well with dogs. Have you already guessed that it's about me? I did not believe it at first. I was hoping it was not me, but some other girl. But yes, it was about me. And then a reporter said that soon after I had been sent to the orphanage, people came to adopt me. Those were my current parents. They taught me to eat using silverware, talk, and sleep on the bed. I managed to catch up with the children of my age in terms of developmental level. I learned how to use modern conveniences, but I kept feeling comfortable with animals. It turned out that I had always been like this. And even when I realized that I could understand animals and vice versa, my parents were not surprised at all because I had been raised by animals for some time. They always knew about that, but they did not tell me anything about it, just as they hid my origin from me. I never thought that I was adopted. That was a real shock for me. After the show, my phone was ringing off the hook. I got a pile of messages from my friends and classmates asking me what it all meant. They even felt sorry for me. At that time, I was not ready to answer any questions and simply turned off my phone. But I had a lot of questions for my parents. They also saw the show, but at that time they were at work, so they came home with a prepared speech. They confirmed the words of the reporter that I was just like Mowgli. They admitted that I was adopted and that I used to live with dogs. And they said that they had no idea that the journalists would do such a deep dive. They were hoping to keep the secret of my origin at least until the legal age. And then my mom and dad asked me to forgive them. To be honest, I didn't understand why I should forgive them. I wasn't angry at them. I just wanted to know the details of my early childhood and about my life before I became part of this family. And of course, I was dying to know where my mother was. My parents agreed to help me find her, but unfortunately, that turned out to be impossible. She was still listed as missing. We found out only that she used to work as a dog handler until my father died. It meant that I got that love for animals not only because I was close to them, but also genetically from my biological mother. By the way, after the show, people started asking me to talk to their pets and help understand them. It began to bring me some money. Sometime after the show, a lot of people simply turned away from me, but some kept supporting me, and I needed time to digest the information received and make it clear in my head. The news was very sudden and unexpected. However, I've recently realized that I cannot change the past, and it's good that I don't remember anything from my early childhood. But if I have a unique opportunity to understand animals, I must use it. Maybe this is my chance to become famous and to make my contribution to science. Would you like to understand the language of animals? And if you had such an ability, how would you use it? Share your answers in the comments. Also, like this video and subscribe to our channel.